Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. We like to uh, not only honor those who have fallen, but all of those who are still serving to keep us free. Amen? Uh, I'm going to give a little bit of history about Memorial Day. It says, on May the 5th, 1966, in a place called Waterloo, New York, the first Memorial Day service was held for the heroes who had fallen in the Civil War. Tomorrow, we celebrate the 156th Memorial Day. And everyone in here, maybe those watching by light, well, I don't know if they're watching yet or not, but anyway, those... Those who uh, in America will celebrate Memorial Day in many different ways. <clears throat> They'll take a three-day weekend. How many of you like three-day weekends? Yeah. Amen. The, uh, it's also the unofficial start of summer. People will be uh, going on picnics. They'll be barbecuing. They'll be going to the lake, boating. Uh, holidays are a great, great way to spend time with our families. Amen. But see, Memorial Day is so much more than that. Memorial Day is a time we as Americans remember our fallen soldiers, time to give honor to those men and women who sacrificed their lives. They sacrificed their lives so you and I can sit here this morning and enjoy the freedoms that we have today. There's three things Americans should really uh, do to show their gratitude or their respect for our fallen heroes. Number one, you can fly the American flag. And if, if, if you would, I was going to tell my usher this morning, so if someone would, I'd like you to go out there and lower our flags to half-mast. Where's uh, Brother Roy? He must be. Can I get you to do that, bud? Thank you, sir. I was going to do it when I got here, and I failed to do that. I apologize. But we need to fly our flags at half-mast. You can also put flowers or flags on graves of our fallen soldiers if you know where one is. You can also participate in the National Moment of Remembrance. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this than to lay down their life for their friends. Ladies and gentlemen, we honor all those who have made that ultimate sacrifice so you and I can live free. Amen? Amen and amen. Praise God. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to say in closing right now because we still got a lot the Holy Spirit wants to tell us. But I want to welcome you to Hill Country Cowboy Church. If you have your Bibles this morning, and I hope everyone does, whether you use a phone or whatever you use, listen, my theory, or not, no, not my theory, but God says don't leave home without your word because it's your sword. It's what you do battle with. And if you don't have the word, and that's why we keep preaching the word to put it on the inside of you, because one of these days, if the Lord tarries, we don't know that we may not become a third world country. Everybody says, well, that's not going to happen in the United States. Look around you. Look around you. How long, how long ago did they say we're going to take God out of the school? How long ago did they say we're going to tear down all the monuments that have God or the Ten Commandments? Look around you. 
Don't be blind. Don't keep your head in the sand. We have an enemy called Satan. And his agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy every born-again Christian on this planet. And the United States of America is not uh, above that. Only the Christians here are. Amen? And it's up to us to keep fighting the fight. Amen? Hallelujah. Turn with me to Luke chapter 17. That's Luke chapter 17. And I'm going to continue this morning with uh, the series that I started here a while back. Well, we had a, a series on prayer, and then it kind of evolved into faith because that's where the Holy Spirit wanted us to go. Uh, and we're going to continue that series on faith this morning. And again, I want to encourage everyone, either by live stream or in here this morning, if you have missed any of the messages, go to our website and download those Listen to those over and over again. They're absolutely free. The Word of God is free. Amen. Amen. And, and in, a, in a society that everybody likes the word free, right? right? But you mentioned free word. That's all I'm going to say about that. But those messages don't cost you anything. And those messages will build your faith, and they'll help you conquer your doubt. Amen? Amen. See, why? and that's why we're going to continue teaching on faith over and over and over again. Amen? See, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Thank you, preacher. Amen. But see, actually, faith don't just come by hearing, but it comes by hearing and what? Doing. Then doing. See, that's what you learn on Wednesday nights. That's true. Amen. Amen. We learn how to do the word on Wednesdays. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. And you're learning that this morning. I understand that. But see, those people who are answering me, that, that we've said it so much now, it's gotten down on the inside of them down in here, see. And then I can start a scripture and they'll finish it. We all need to be that way. Because if we do turn into a third world country, they're going to take your Bible away from you. You're so worried about them taking your gun, well, they'll have to pry it out of my cold, dead hand. They don't care if you've got your gun. If they take the word of God from you, they've got you whipped. Amen. But faith comes by hearing and then acting. Not just hearing the word of God, but you have to act on the word of God. And then as you continue hearing the word and then acting on the word of God, then over the process of time, and what's what you're hearing this morning, over the process of time, you'll make living by faith a part of your life. Romans 1, 17 says this. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 10, it talks about great faith. Amen. And in Romans chapter 4, verse 20, it talks about strong faith. The point is, faith... My faith and your faith can be measured. And we need to understand that. So if your faith can be measured, you also need to understand this, that you're the one that determines the level of your faith. You determine the faith that you're operating in. You determine how your faith grows, what your faith can do, and what your faith will accomplish for you in your life. 
You, my brothers and sisters, are responsible for your faith. And I am responsible for my faith. Amen. So whether you have little faith, weak faith, growing faith, or strong faith, your level of faith is totally up to you, not God. Faith just don't just fall on you like ripe cherries off a cherry tree. Amen. You're responsible for it. I can also say this. It's your level of faith that, that will determine what you're going to receive from God. Amen. You know, we've talked about this many times before, but Jesus said to the blind man, he said, according to your faith, be it done unto you. I can stand before you this morning, my brothers and sisters, and say, according to your faith, according to your faith, be it done unto you. According to my faith, be it done unto me. You see, faith isn't just uh, another subject that we preach on Sundays and we teach and then we move on. See, faith to the Christian is to be a way of life. What's the sign say? It says walk by faith. We're told in God's word to live by faith. Amen? Hallelujah. Faith is to be intertwined in our lives. Faith is to be in every decision we make. Faith is to be what we do, where we go. Our faith, our trust in God is to be the most important aspect of our life. It should be the most important aspect of every Christian, every born-again person's life. Amen. You can't do anything without faith in God's kingdom. You can't think God's blessings into your life. Amen. Hallelujah. It's got to be the most important aspect of our life. And yet, everybody say, and yet. And yet, in the life of the average believer, don't raise your hand, but how many average believers do we have in here? Well, I'm fixing to identify you if you are. In the life of the average believer, they know very little about faith. Therefore, they don't live by faith. But instead, they live by their own intellect. Or they uh, live by trusting in their own ability to get them through this life. That doesn't mean they're bad people. Are you hearing me? Amen. That don't mean they're not saved. Don't let the devil come in and rob you and put things in your mind because I'm giving you the word. Just absorb the word, let it, and, and a lot of times when I used to sit in a pew, I'd be going, what? Really? And I wouldn't believe what the pastor was telling to me, but I'd write scripture down. And then I'd go home and I'd study it for myself. And I'd get my study Bible out and I'd study it. And I'd go, he's telling me the truth. Amen. So if you're sitting here this morning or you're watching my live stream, don't just discard what I'm saying because you've never heard it before. There's a lot of things you're going to be hearing in a few, in, 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 until the Lord comes back. And there's going to be a lot of things I hear before the Lord comes back, because he deals with me too. But there's going to be a lot of things we're going to hear that our flesh is going to recoil against. Well, I just don't believe that. Yeah, I've never heard that before. I've been in church all my life. Well, clean your ears out because you're hearing it now. Amen. Maybe God couldn't tell you this way back there. <clears throat> Amen. Maybe you didn't have the faith to receive it. You may or may not have the faith to receive it this morning. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to bring your faith up to another level. Amen. Just like God brings my faith to another level. Hallelujah. We determine our faith. We don't need to be living by our own intellect. I mean, you know God's ways are better than our ways. <laughs> Amen. And just because we do does not mean we're bad. It just means we haven't been taught yet. Amen. See, faith isn't something we can move in and out of. Faith is a way of life. Trusting God is how we live. Therefore, our faith, and we learned this last time I was teaching, our faith is very valuable to us. Amen. And see, we all want strong faith. But the thing is, nobody starts out with strong faith. How many of you know that? See, faith is progressive. 
you, me, every Christian has to develop their faith. And it's vitally important that we do develop our faith. Listen to me, my brothers and sisters. There's going to come a time in your life, and I'm not just prophesying this over you. This is the way the world's going. This is the way life goes. How many of you had devastation in your life before? Amen. So there's going to come a time in your life where you're going to need your faith. There's going to come a time in life where you're going to have to trust God. Why? Because everything else has failed. It's amazing how we turn to God last instead of turning to him first. That's going to change. Amen? There's going to come a time in your life where there's not going to be a natural answer to what you need. Your answer is going to have to come from God and come from God alone. <laughs> and listen to me. In that moment, in that moment right there where you need your faith to work for you or you need your faith to help you out of some kind of situation or circumstance, that moment will determine what you've done to, to develop your faith. Amen. Amen. And in that moment where you need your faith and you don't have that faith, let your pastor inform you, you can't get it overnight. You can't. I've tried. You can't build your faith overnight. It's a progression. Faith comes by hearing, 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 doing, hearing. Amen? Hallelujah. You can't grow your faith overnight. How many of you have ever grown a garden? How many of you have, have had it grow from seed to bush and fruit overnight? Well, i got to tell this little story. My wife and son did. Amen. He had a science project when he was a child. They shake their, shaking their head. And I kept after him. I said, son, he had to grow a, he had to grow a, take a, a, a light and then grow an ivy through this maze. To, and it'll grow to the light. Amen. Well, I kept after him to do his homework, but he didn't do it. And I didn't know this till later. He got an A. But the thing of it is, the night before, he, they bought an ivy, and his mama helped him weave that thing through those and stuck it down in some dirt. Mama is always there. But the problem is, he left it at school, and how many of you know a, a, a stem that's shoved down in dirt that don't have no roots is going to do what? It's going to die. <laughs> and his teacher, he got nailed anyway. Praise God. <laughs> Point is, you can't grow something overnight, and your faith isn't going to grow overnight either. Hallelujah. <laughs> we need to get a hold of that. Amen? Amen? You have to get a hold of the revelation that you must work on your faith every day. You know, there's been times in my life when I've needed my faith. Not necessarily for what I had, but maybe for some other situation in a family member's life or a church member's life. And I've needed faith in my life. And in that moment, let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, I didn't have time to wonder where my faith was. I didn't have time to grab my Bible and start looking up and quoting scriptures out of a book. It's in that time when I needed my faith the most that that word had to be in here. That that word had to just automatically come out and speak it to that situation. That takes time. That takes you getting into your Bible. That takes you reading your Bible. That takes you coming to church over and over and over again and fighting through the, the slumber uh, demons and listening to pastor talk about faith one more time. And then your faith will grow. It does, and the thing of it is, here's your reward. You come to your pastor and say, you know something, Pastor, what you've been teaching on me for six years now, I finally had to use it. Yeah. And it worked. It does. Praise God. It takes time to grow your faith. There's no such thing, my brothers and sisters, as instant faith. Everybody likes instant potatoes. Yeah. No, we don't. <laughs> Got one yes and no, we don't. <laughs> well, you know what, me and Miss Brenda, heat. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Now, even though there's not instant faith, let me share this with you because somebody may be out there thinking, well, wait a minute. I've read over in 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and this it does say this. There's such a thing, the Bible does speak of a gift of faith, okay? And anybody can have that. There can be that situation. And I'll tell you what, my cousin didn't even know it, but the Lord's putting this in my spirit. In 1972, in Palacios, Texas, I hit a locomotive train. And, uh, and when I hit that train, that my hood of my vehicle coming through my windshield, it did not decapitate me, thank God. Uh, but because I hit that train at a high rate of speed, uh, it crushed everything in. And my cousin don't even know this, but the Lord just showed me. He gave him a gift of faith right now because they couldn't even pry that door open. And he grabbed it and jerked it open and got me out of that vehicle. Amen. God can give you a gift of faith to know that you can. Amen. He gave me a gift of faith. He's putting this in my spirit that when I fell through and I broke my leg. And everybody said my leg snapped. And everybody said my leg was broken. I said, no, my faith, my faith said my leg is not broke. I will walk. And I got up and I walked on that leg. By the time I got home, that leg was uh, as big around as probably my gut is right now. But uh, I could walk on it. But it hurt severely. And I whined about the pain, and I got nosed well, very little sympathy from my Miss Brenda. But then the Holy Spirit says, well, you spoke to your leg and said it's healed, and it's healed. Now I speak to the pain and command the pain to leave. So I said, okay, I command the pain to leave in Jesus' name. The pain left. Are you hearing me? A lot of people, especially EMS people, may say, well, his leg wasn't really broke. Yes, it was. When I, when I walked up to the vehicle, my wife had had a wreck. And I walked up to that vehicle, and this young man was standing there, and I think he was an EMT. I'm not sure. Brother Chris could probably tell me. But I looked at her, and she looked very injured. And I looked at her right arm, and her right arm was just kind of like this. And the, the, to me, it looked like the skin was broken, blood was coming out, and I could see bone. But before I drove up on that scene, I said, I thank you, Father God, that you have kept my wife. And she said, no harm shall come nigh her dwelling. And her dwelling at that time was in that car. No harm will come to my wife, Father God, and she will recover all. But her arm looked broke. Her arm looked to me like a bone was sticking out. But when she got to the hospital, the arm was not broke. Skin wasn't broke. Bone wasn't sticking out. Now, you can try to explain that away, but I, I know I have a God. I know I have a God that moves on my faith. Amen. And I know you have a God that moves on your faith when you study for 25 years like I have and get your faith to a different level. Amen. All right, let's move on. Hallelujah. But there is such a thing as a gift of faith, for the, but for the most part, my faith, your faith, must be developed. And the condition of our faith, whether it be weak, whether it be strong, will determine the quality of life we live as believers. Amen. Everything in a Christian's life, which means every situation, every circumstance, faith has the power to deal with it. There's nothing Satan, there's nothing your enemy can do in your life that if you'll develop your faith, that your faith cannot overcome. He has no power over you, but you have all power over him. Amen. A part of your faith walk is building your faith level to believe you have power over him. I mean, I've seen 20-year-old Christians come to me and they'll say, well, Pastor, I've had the devil on the run. I said, well, praise God, brother. Yeah, I've been running. He's been chasing me. That ain't faith. Where's the devil supposed to be? Under your feet. And when I, when I have had people say that, uh, I say, well, what would you let him out from under your foot for? 
What you take his, your foot off his neck for? Because God said he's under your feet. If he's under Jesus' feet, Jesus lives on the inside of you and he's under your feet. Amen? But you have to know that. And that kind of knowledge, that kind of belief, that kind of faith does not come overnight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 John 5, 4 says, faith is the victory that overcomes this world. Your faith is your victory that will help you overcome this world. Overcome anything the enemy throws at you. Anything, any circumstance he might throw at your kids. Your faith, when you build it and you develop it, can overcome anything. See, but you've got to do uh, what it takes to grow your faith. Now, that's my introduction. The title of my message today is Growing Your Faith. Growing your faith. Let's begin here in Luke chapter 17, verse 1. It says, Then he said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offense come. Go to him whom come. It would be better for him or his neck than he than he should little one. And feed yourself. Your brother against you, rebuke him and rebuke him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, seven times in a day you and saying, I'll give you. I'll notice what they said. Now, Jesus is talking about goodness, offenses, he's on his minds. And the apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. Really? Increase our faith. See, they didn't have faith to even do what he was telling them to do. Amen? He said, In other words, Lord, give us more faith. To her Christian, I, I, I could have just had a faith. You can't say faith. Amen. See, we don't, we don't really need more faith. And I want you to say that in Jesus' response six. It says, so the Lord said, they're, now remember, they're asking him to increase their faith. And here's what he's to tell them. If you have faith as a mustard seed, how many of you know how your mustard seed is? It lived big. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, one version says sycamine tree, but you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted by the sea, and watch this, it would or, it or should obey you. I don't know what version you have. Mine says it will obey you or it would obey you. Amen? Notice in this passage, Jesus used the smallest of all seeds to point out the limitless power of Almighty God and faith in God. To point out the limitless power that your faith can grow to. Amen. He said, if you have faith as a green mustard seed, and I can tell you, if you're a believer, how many believers we have in here? I'm going to see how many people listen to me. <clears throat> I can tell you, you're in here has at least that much faith. A little bit, right? Amen. So he's not pointing out to the size of their faith, the size of our faith. He's pointing out the quality of our faith. Or better yet, the condition of our faith. Let me ask you something. What's the condition of your faith? What's the condition of my faith? Hallelujah. Have we developed our faith to that place where we can speak to things and they obey us? Like Jesus said we could. Didn't he say we 
Is Jesus a liar? Amen. Hallelujah. What's the condition of your faith? You see, if we're not careful, brothers and sisters, we can be doing the same thing the apostles did, asking God to increase our faith. Lord, I need this. Please increase my faith. Lord, I need that. Increase my faith. Lord, I know I can make it through if you'll just give me more faith. And I'm not making fun of that. I used to pray that way. Giving us more faith is not the Lord's job. Let me ask you this. What are you doing with the faith you have? What are you doing with the faith you have? Listen to chapter 7, verse 20. Quiet in God's house. You get anything out of this this morning? I hope so, because I'm sure preaching myself happy. I'll start running while. Hallelujah. And the best is yet to come. Look, some people's faith may be down here. Okay, start right there. You may be right here. Start right there. You may be up right there. But there's no, there's no limit to the faith you can have. The Bible says we're going to be human until we see him face to face. And then the Bible says we'll be like him. That's when we get the fullness of what he is. So in my life, I'll just use me, there's no limit to where my faith can go. Amen. And there's no limit to where your faith can go. But I've got to take my faith there, and you've got to take your faith there. You can stay right where you're at, and one of these days you'll get in heaven, and God will say, son, daughter, let me show you what you could have. Let me show you what you could have done in my kingdom. It's not about me. It's about his kingdom. It's not about you. It's about his kingdom. Let me show you just what you've done and what you could have had. If you just took that little bit of faith you had and done something with it. Hallelujah to Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. Matthew 17, 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. That's the reason right, that people don't get what they've asked God. It's not God's fault. He's not trying to hold stuff back from you. Do something. He's not putting anything on you. So you'll die. He don't call anybody home. Listen to me. He does not call you home. He welcomes you when you get there. That's what I've heard people say that. And I'm going to just on this for a moment. Well, you know, people die of cancer, die of something else. And, and listen, I've had family members die. And everyone who's died is a lack of faith. And that's Okay. Now, sometimes the truth is hard to, hard to accept. Now, I'm not talking about babies that may have died at birth or something like that. If, if I got a disease, let's just use me. I've had four heart attacks. If I would have died of that heart attack, it would have been because I didn't have faith to stay alive. It really would have been because my wife didn't, wasn't praying over me because she had the faith. She said, no, you ain't leaving me. Amen. She didn't have to pray long prayer. She just said, you ain't going nowhere. You ain't dying. You're going with me in the rapture. I said, okay, baby, I receive that. Well, I'm standing before you. But listen, that does not change the fact God wants to heal everyone. Everyone. And he does not let anybody die so he can call them home. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Because of your unbelief, for surely, and this is Jesus talking here, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it might move. My Bible says it will move. And nothing, listen to this, and nothing will be impossible to you. Not to Jesus, not to God. Not to Pastor John, but to you. Now, is that telling you that your faith can get to a place that nothing is possible to you? Think about that. Jesus said if you just have a little bit of faith and you never mix fear, doubt, and unbelief with it, 
In other words, it was pure, hard-nosed, in faith. No doubt in there. No unbelief. No wavering. No double-mindedness. No saying, well, God's trying to owe me something. But if you have pure faith, and you'll take that faith, what it is, and develop that faith, and allow your faith to grow, that your faith can, at that point, uh, get to that point to where you can not only speak to your mountains and they move, but Jesus Christ said here, and will be possible to you. Is that what your Bible says? Underline that in your Bible. That's Jesus talking to every born-again believer. Can I get an amen to that? Everybody say, that's what Jesus said. Pastor didn't say it. Well, Pastor did say it, but I'm not the one that said it. Jesus said it. I want you to think about that for a moment. If Jesus says there, there is a mountain moving, nothing will be impossible to you type faith. And that faith is available to every Christian. And then he teaches us in his word how to get that faith, how to, be, to develop that faith. And then he tells us how important is to us. And we don't do anything fault is that. Our fault. Amen. My wife is not responsible for me growing my faith. I am. And likewise, I'm not responsible for growing her faith. She is. The person you is responsible for you faith. Y'all grow in faith together. But we're each individually responsible for the faith we have. And I praise God every day that when, uh, and, and, and see, here's what happens. A lot of times when you're, you're the one that's being attacked, your faith may get low. But thank God we could have a spouse or a church that we can call. Amen? And we can ask them to pray. Their faith is up here. And then you just latch a hold of their faith. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now turn over to Romans chapter 12. And I'm doing my best to hurry. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12. have the same faith, but it's up to each one of us to grow it. Chapter 12, verse 3, it says, For I say, through grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Another whole sermon right there. <laughs> but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one. Everybody say each one. Each one. A or B, as some translations say, and I'm what I'm going to use, has dealt to each one the measure of faith. Amen. Now, the word measure in the Greek means the portion. So everyone uh, gets the portion of faith. And with this measure, the portion of faith that God has given you, listen to me, he's counting on you to grow it. He's counting on you to grow it. Not Pastor John. You grow it by coming to church and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. But when you really grow is when you open this thing under your nose and you start saying what you've been learning. You start confessing the word of God over your life. You start confessing the word of God over your family. And you really learn that word starts manifesting. Whoa, man, goes from here to what here. Man, and I've had saints tell me, Pastor, it roared. And it just took me another level. Now they're starting to speak over everything. Amen. Speak over the dog. Speak over the cat. Amen. your animals. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That I've given you faith and I've told you what faith can do for you. But it's not my job, says the Lord, to grow your faith. It's yours. And notice this we all start the same measure. I start with the same measure of faith that Mr. Starts with. 
I start with the same faith that Brother Ronnie, Brother Jim, start with. And you do too. Everybody starts at the same place with God when they get born again. Get the same measure of faith that I get. Amen. The thing of it is, we all stay in that place. Amen. That's why some people, you'll hear testimony of some people getting married, and you're wondering, well, why not? Well, what are you doing with your faith? Are you doing the same thing that Brother Jimmy's doing? He studies his every day. He constantly listens to music. Christian music, not country and western, where if you play it backwards, you get everything you lost when you're playing it forwards. Not rock and roll. Keeps your mind distorted. But listening to, to gospel music, listening to teachers, getting on our website like I tell you to do every Sunday and download those podcasts and listen to them over and over and over again. Yeah, I've, I did it when I was growing up in Christ. And yeah, it got where I could just recite. And then it got a little boring. So I'd find another teacher that I like. I'd start in these tapes. It takes now they have CD and all this other stuff, podcasts and iTunes, whoever there is. Anyway, you get my message. We need to keep the word of God flowing. Get to Jesus. But we all start in the same place. But we don't all in the same place. My question to you is what are you doing with your faith? Have you seen your faith grow from what it was last year? You look like in the last six to eight months and say, you know what? And I mean this in a braggadocious way, but, but can you look at your life in, a, in, in the last eight months and say, honestly, wow, my faith is growing. Are you still in the same place you was last year? I pray your faith is growing. And I'll tell you this, if it's not growing, then you're either not listening or I'm not bringing it forth correctly. And I've seen too many people in here to know uh, that to have faith, to know that I speak out of the word of God. It's his exact words, not mine. Amen? Amen. And if you'll take that word and you'll use it and you'll grow your faith. So it has to be that you're not doing anything with it. When you come in here the same way and you leave the same way when you leave here. And that's okay. You'll still be in there. If that's the only goal you have, then just keep coming, man. We enjoy the fellowship, right? Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. We enjoy your smiling faces. But then when you come to the pastor and you say, Pastor, I've got this thing going on my life, man. I just don't know what to do. You know what I'm going to tell you? Did you do what I told you to do? Are you praying? Are you praying God's word? Are you thanking God for the answer? For the answer. See, beggars don't get nothing but loose change. You look throughout the Bible, and even today, how many go to the beggar and gives them $1,000? No, they get the crumbs. They get the, they get the leftovers. And I don't mean that ugly. But Christians are not to be beggars. We're commerce. Hallelujah. Whew, glory to God. In order for our faith to grow, we have to believe for something that challenges our faith. I'm going to give you a good example. And I'm going to learn about myself and my life with Miss Brenda. And many of you know that Miss Brenda and I uh, recently closed on a piece of property. And uh, before we closed on it, we did all the natural things. We got one of those property analysis things. Knows what the name is. I don't. It's where they come, they do an area of what all the properties are, and they give you a high, low, high and low price. Amen. You may ever had that done. What's yeah. what a cost analysis? But anyway, and when they gave us the high price, of course, being the faith man I am, really the faith man I thought I was, so God humbled me. See, I decided to believe for high price. How many of you like the high price of things? 
Hey, especially when you sell it. When we're buying, we like a low price. Amen. But I, I decided I'd believe for the higher price. But how many of you know my price and my, my thoughts are not God's thoughts? And God has a way of changing our decision. But only when we hear and heed his voice. So when the, we sat down with a potential buyer, even though I had what I thought was the highest price up here in my head, God put another price in my heart. And that's the price that came out of my mouth. Amen. How many of you know that's the price we got? God, these are higher than our ways. And I pray God for it. Here's my point. The price I had in my head, my faith level was comfortable with that. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We can do this. Yeah. Even though it was the highest price, it wasn't the low price, it was the high price. Faith, my faith and my, my, I don't want to call it faith, but how many of you know we think our level of faith is up here? And then God says, no, but here's, here's what I want you to do, son. Put your direction up here. And when he first tells us that, we go, really? And in my spirit, that's what I did. But in my heart, I learned to just trust him. Amen. Hallelujah. But I'm comfortable with the, what I thought was the highest price. In other words, my mind told me, yeah, brother, that's doable. You can do that. But see, God told me, I want you to straight faith. And I want you to believe this. And I give him all the glory. Because what he wanted me to for is exactly God. Amen. God knows more than you know. I don't know if you understand that or not. God knows more than you know. Amen. See, God wants me and he wants you all of us. He wants us to stretch our faith. To believe beyond what our natural reasoning can be. And believe him for supernatural abundance. How many of you know that you serve a supernatural God? Hallelujah. If you don't know that, then just read your Bible more. You'll find out. Amen. All right, I gotta drink water, man. Hallelujah. Is anybody getting anything out of this this morning? How many of you can honestly say your faith is growing? Hallelujah. But he wants us to believe beyond our natural reason. Listen, your mind will always be comfortable with where you're at, but your faith never will be. Your faith never will be. Your faith will always want you to stretch, and your faith will always be wanting you. To go to the next level with God. How many of you know there's a different level of healing that you can do? That there's a different level of soundness you can get into. That there's a different level of wholeness that we can.